0: This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney. Our guest today is Sonia Bryson-Kirksey. You know that name if you have ever been to a Lightning game because Sonia is the one that sings the national anthem each and every time. Welcome, Sonia.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here.
0: We love having you. You are most known for singing the national anthem at Tampa Bay Lightning Games, like I said. But you've sung in other national sports games. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Not just hockey, but other sports as well. So I've done the anthem in all the sports that are here in Tampa, thank goodness. But also sang for my hometown ECHL team, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. So not many people know that name, but I got to sing God Bless America for them about a week and a half ago. So that was really cool for me.
0: That's in South Carolina?
1: That's in Greenville, South Carolina, yes.
0: Very nice. Tell us, what is a typical day for you when you go to a Lightning game? I mean, how early do you have to get there? What is your game prep?
1: My game prep is kind of no prep. I sing a lot around the house already so practice time is not uh, lost on me because I sing a lot around the house. So when we leave, we leave about 3.30 but we have to leave in a certain amount of time because parking doesn't open up until (laughs) 4.00. So my husband drives a little fast sometimes but uh, we get there and we walk out on the Thunder Alley. Sometimes there's fans out there, sometimes not and then we make our way inside. My husband kind of parts off. He does his thing. I go downstairs and I like to get there early enough to where I and suck in the cold air because it makes a difference in your tone when you get into that element already because coming in from the hot going straight to the cold and start to sing is not a good thing for your voice so you should kind of get in there and try to get your vocal cords acclimated to the weather on the inside because it's cooler in there.
0: What is the temperature in the arena?
1: Um, I could not tell you what the temperature is. Um, It's cold. It's cold, (laughs) (laughs) especially down on floor level. It's pretty cold. So I like to suck in that cold air and get the vocal cords kind of warmed up a little bit in that element. I suck down a lot of water. That's the key to my life. I drink a lot of water. And then when we get to the point of doing our sound check, which usually happens around 5, unless it's a later game, an 8 or an 8.30 game, then we do it a little later. And we go through that sound check like a regular performance would. Be So for instance, they do sound checks like just for specific people for singing and then they do the full sound check where they do the run of show. So that's what we do. And I sing the anthem. Uh, sometimes it's, it sounds a little crunchy. Uh, as That's my word. A little crunchy as far as my voice, because again, it has the warm up to the elements. But once I get it out, if it sounds decent to me, then I continue going. And um, after that, I <laughs> go and put on all that makeup <laughs> and I get ready to sing. I appear out of the bathroom after doing all my makeup, say about 6.30, and then everything starts rolling. You'll see the skater kid come out, the referees come out, then it's our turn to come out, and I get out there and do my thing.
0: I'm surprised to see you without blue lipstick on. (laughs) So you actually go around town without blue lipstick? That surprises me.
1: I do not wear that blue sparkling lipstick anywhere else, but the Tampa Bay Lightning Games. I don't do it when I go to grocery shopping. I don't do it when I go anywhere else unless there's an event that I go to that's to sing for and they request it. Otherwise, it is not on. So some people come up to me and they're like, I didn't recognize you without your lipstick, but I'm like, my face never changed. (laughs) I mean... I don't understand that theory. <laughs>
0: so do you have a trademark on the blue lipstick?
1: I do not. I wish I did. I tell people it's not a product, it's a process. So it's long-last lipstick, but it's also makeup-grade glitter. So I have two different kinds of makeup-grade glitter that I use on top of that, and then, of course, the makeup spray to keep it all together. So it's it's a pretty much a process. It takes about 15 minutes to get it all done, you know, as far as the lipstick is concerned. The makeup is another thing.
0: When you are standing out there on the ice, or maybe before you even walk out on the ice, Do you get nervous still after 41 times a year?
1: Not quite so much. So there's 41 home games, but then they have themed nights. So they have like Hockey Fights Cancer, Pediatric Cancer Night. They have Kids Night, stuff like that. So they pull a person from that particular community to come in and sing for those nights. So I sing about 32 games each regular season, but then I sing the entire postseason. So you hear me the entire playoff time. So I like that part.
0: Do you get nervous at all?
1: I think everyone gets nervous. My nerves, I think, comes when I'm waiting in the tunnel prior to making my way down the rug to the entrance to the ice. I feel a little anxious, I think. But once I start walking down towards the ice, it kind of melts away because I feel like it's not like a a situation where you're going into all these people and you don't know who they are. It's like singing in front of 20, 30,000 of my family members. That's the way I feel. Once I'm out there on the ice, it's, it's very comfortable.
0: Tell us about your journey to the military mm-hmm. as a member of the Air Force.
1: I'm um, from a small, not a small town, about a medium-sized town, Greenville, South Carolina. And I actually went to school for two years, and I met or met back up with a friend of mine who was in high school with me. She didn't go to my high school. She went to another high school, but we cheered together. Uh, we went to cheer camp together a couple of summers, and so I saw her when I was home, and she had just come back from basic training for the Air Force. And she was telling me all about it. She felt like it was a very cool addition to her life that she could actually stretch out her wings a little bit, kind of move off from under dad's thumb a little bit. (laughs) And I had the same situation at home. My father was very strict. So I started thinking about that. I had a really good life. We grew up having all of our needs met, you know, no issues in that department. So it, it wasn't a must for me. But it was one of those things that intrigued me along the way. I have all of my uncles served. My father, unfortunately, did not serve because he had a heart issue. But all of my uncles served, so I had seen that in my family. And I wanted to see what that meant to me. So I started talking to some people, and I ended up going to a Marine recruiter first. (laughs) And I confided in my uncle, who was a Marine, And he promptly came and got me one day, and we walked over to the Air Force Recruiting Office. He said, no, you're not going to the Marines. (laughs) Uh, So he took me to the Air Force Recruiter's Office. I met them. And uh, long story short, I joined up um, in 1987. I went in, stayed in until 1993, thought I was going to get out and change the world. I did not do that. <laughs> I had a couple of jobs in between, and then I went back into the military in 2001 and served out the rest of my career.
0: Oh, 2001. Was it after 9-11? It
1: was actually two weeks prior to. So, of course, you know, I had some second thoughts after I got in there, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is happening. So, you know, I immediately thought, we're getting ready to go to war. Did I make the right decision, God? You know, so I felt like I did. So it, it everything worked out.
0: Did you start singing when you were younger? Or? Oh, yeah.
1: So I say I've sang since probably in the crib. My mom always says that, you know, I would line my my teddy bears and stuff up in the crib because I think I stayed in a crib longer than most kids because it was one of those uh, convertible crib thingy. So it had a way to change it up for a toddler. So I was a toddler in the bed with my teddy bears and my toys. And she said I would talk to them and then I would sing to them. So she said that the singing was kind of inaudible. We didn't know what, what I was talking about. They didn't know what I was talking about or singing, but I've been singing since I've been on the planet.
0: In addition to singing, you're also an artist. What type of art do you practice? How often do you practice it?
1: well, I do a couple of things. So people feel that crochet is a lost art, that only people that do crochet are like old folks sitting in a rocking chair. (laughs) That's not true. It's a very lucrative business. And there's a lot of people out there. If you go on social media and, and type in crochet, you see a lot of amazing things. So I do a lot of that for pay, you know, and then also I do acrylics and oil and I paint on, if you've ever seen the palm fronds that fall from the palm trees, I clean those up and I paint on those. So there is numerous pieces that you can grab but the thing is is for those palm fronds some of them are shaped a little different so if you look at them kind of put your eye on them a little bit you can kind of tell i can tell what i can do with that how i can form that to make a piece of art that i'll be happy with in the end
0: the people of tampa bay Mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago were pretty scared Mm -hmm. um, among them Because a couple of years ago, news came down that you had COVID Mm -hmm. and you had a bad case and were hospitalized Mm -hmm. and things were looking a little scary, I think, for all of us. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about how all of that came out to play?
1: Absolutely. So I had both of the the shots that were asked to, to get, asked you to get, but I have multiple sclerosis. So my immune system is very willy nilly, I'll say. Some people, their immunity is not as bad. But for me, mine was was bad because I still get a bout of like bronchitis or upper respiratory, usually every year anyway. But this particular year, I had had uh, pneumonia earlier in the year prior to COVID. I had pneumonia already. So I think my lungs were were a little diminished from that. And then we won the Stanley Cup and we went to we had our celebration in the park and it started to rain that day. I remember um, it was a drench, a, a downfall. Uh, they canceled the program. So I felt a little obligated to the fans out there. So my husband was behind me and I kind of went down the, the fan line giving high fives before we left the park. And then the problem was I did not have any sanitizer with us. So I'm pretty sure I touched my face and I may have touched someone who had it and I got it. So that week I went to the hospital because I wasn't feeling well and it was getting worse. And I initially Went to the emergency room at the VA, and they gave me a shot, and they sent me back home. Well, that was good for temporary, but then when I got home that following day, I woke up, and I was having problems breathing So I was, you know, explained to my husband what was going on. And he said, we're going back. So literally, I went to the ER one day, came back home that night, went back the next day. And then I was in the hospital for 30 days. So
0: really it was
1: 30 days. Yes. So I spent 12 days in like a covid ward where nobody but covid people are in that ward. And I went from covid ward to ICU for eight days that was the scary part and then to the rehab unit uh, the rehab unit was the best part you know, because i got my legs back i got a chance to do some exercises and breathing exercises that helped me to bounce back as quick as i did
0: so what was happening with your lungs during all of that and how scared were you
1: oh wow well they labeled it covid pneumonia so the difference in regular pneumonia and covid pneumonia is covid pneumonia is a little bit more aggressive so what it caused for me, the way I felt it, was that if you would breathe in and you try to do a deep breath and you can't get past like half of that that pull in, that's the way it felt. It felt like a hard stop for me. Like say, for instance, if you breathe in, and it was just right there. And Mm. I couldn't get any other, I couldn't get air in. That's just what it felt like. And that was really scary because you need that. You need to be able to to breathe in order to live. And my sense of urgency was very extreme because I wanted to be better. And it's hard for a person like me who, I'm a go-getter, I like to get things done, but it felt like I I was at the mercy of this disease. They took good care of me, I have to say that. The, The VA was outstanding in their care in every unit that I was in, When I was in ICU, I like to tell people that I had yin and yang nurses. The nurse that came in in the morning would pray with me because I couldn't talk a lot. Because if I talked a little bit, I would start this coughing battle. So she didn't want to have me coughing so much. So she would pray with me. And I I really enjoyed that part. But then the nurse at night... (laughs) excuse my language, but she would say, we're gonna kick COVID's ass. (laughs) I say, yes, ma'am. And then, you know, she would leave for the night. I love my nursing staff in there because they took good care of me, but they listened to me too. Cause I think that's important. Anytime you're in long-term care or short-term, to make sure that you're being heard. Sometimes we have to be our own best advocate as far as our health is concerned. And there were a couple of instances where something was happening and I asked questions and got changed. Things went the way that I, I felt that they should. So. They took really good care of me. I got to the rehab section. I spent about six days there. It was wonderful because they took me through physical therapy. They took me through occupational therapy. They made sure that I could walk unassisted. Staying in bed for 30 days can wreak havoc on your muscle tone and your legs and your joints and all of that stuff. So you have to get all of that back. And I love that. That was a, a part of me that I hadn't accessed in a long time as far as, you know, having to work to get back to where I was. But it was a scary time. There was a point, you know, in ICU where you kind of questioned a little bit. But my background is faith. I just I kind of told God at one point, I think I made a statement and said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And I believe you are going to keep me here. So my prayers from then on were, I know what your desire is for me to be here and to, to continue to share my gift with the city of Tampa Bay and anybody else that asked. My thoughts were clear at that point. I had no more doubting as far as whether I was going to be here or not.
0: We're talking with Sonia Bryson-Kirksey from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Did you hear during those 30 days, did you hear all of the messages that your fans <laughs> were throwing out on social media and, and whatnot. Were you kind of oblivious to these it, things?
1: I was not oblivious. Fortunately, they had a TV in every room that I was in, and, and I, I felt like I was on the news every day. You were. Yeah, my poor husband, bless his heart, he doesn't do media. He doesn't do interviews, but he was doing interviews. Mm. You know, they were calling him and asking him to give an update as far as my health was concerned. There were a few that tried to call me, but they realized that I couldn't talk on the phone. But I got a lot of text. I got a lot of love from the players and the Lightning organization and other NHL entities as well. There were a few from NHL today that messaged me and let me know that they were thinking about me. And then just the whole of Tampa Bay. That's why I feel so comfortable in front of them because they are my family. If you take the time to pray for me, you're my family.
0: Nice. What was that first game like when you came back singing?
1: It was so emotional. I feel I can feel it right now. It's, I got gooseys just now. They were so ready for me to be there. And I was ready to be there. But everyone knew that I wasn't 100%. But just the fact that I was there. I think is what everybody loved. There were a lot of people that I would look to the side when I got out on the uh, carpet. You know, you can see some of the people in the stands here and a few on the cross there, but everybody was emotional. There's one lady that we know that sits right there in that corner, and she was just wiping her eyes the whole entire time. It, It was hard for me to get started. I was really... I was really emotional at the beginning but then i pushed to get it done get past that that moment and i didn't stay for that game because i was still kind of weak but as time grew on i got a little stronger i was better you know and able to belt it out once again so
0: you mentioned before that you do have multiple sclerosis Mm -hmm. how was that diagnosis and and when you were diagnosed with that did you blame god were you mad at god anything like that
1: i believe that certain people who have certain situations, he enables them in faith. He enables them in a lifeline, I think, to him. I don't blame God for any of that. It's one of those things that may be a heredity thing, because I had an aunt that had it as well. But I don't blame God for anything bad that happens because he is nothing but good and I can't ever blame him for anything like that. But what I do, I use it to acknowledge him. I use it to to let people know that in spite of anything that you might be going through, he's still God and he still does miracles. He still gives you favor in front of men. He gives you the energy and the ability to show his gift strong. So I feel like it just gave me something else to to show other people that he's still God in my life, regardless of what I'm dealing with. And he helps me through all of that. That's what prayer is for, you know, to ask him for help and guidance in different things that you're dealing with, whether it's cancer, multiple sclerosis, or any other type of debilitating disease that you might be dealing with. God is still God.
0: So you really did exactly what you're supposed to do with suffering, which is so, even as a deacon, like the last thing I want to do is suffer. I, I try to, you know, <laughs> God take it away, mm-hmm. but you embraced it absolutely. And you carry the cross.
1: Absolutely. And I feel that when you talk about what you're going through, especially us as Christians, we tend to kind of shy away from people, you know, when we're dealing with something. But once you tell people what you're dealing with and show that you still have faith and you still use that faith on a consistent basis, I think that helps people in their journey. With whatever they're dealing with, because it may not be a health issue. It might be mental. It might be emotional. It might be something that they're dealing with with their family. But they know that, hey, she's dealing with this particular thing and she's still strong in her faith and I can still be strong in my faith as well.
0: We're talking with Sonia Bryson-Kirksey from the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right. So getting back to the lightning. Mm hmm. Do you have a favorite player?
1: (laughs) Boy, do I have a favorite player. So I love goalies. Ben Bishop was my favorite by a long shot before he left. However, he did leave and Vasilevsky took his spot. So Andre Vasilevsky is my favorite guy. And the reason why I love goalies is because I feel like they show so much resolve in a game that they're being shot at. They're being dumped on. People fall into the nets. All kinds of stuff, not to mention they have to stretch their bodies in ways that some of us can never do. (laughs) I just I enjoy watching the ins and the outs of how a goalie operates, not just the saves, but the stretching and the game face that they have. They have to have, you know, they're not sitting over there being being mean mugging anyone or anything. But their focus is like laser focus. And I love to see that.
0: They even need to see around the player that is purposely trying to block in front their of view. Them.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I love that because you'll see Vassi, he might go from side to side. And there's times when I've seen him even split down into a position that's right on the ice and look underneath a person's legs to see the puck. And I'm like, this guy is amazing. He does all these things in order to win for us, to help us win.
0: When we moved down from New York, my wife hadn't watched a single game of hockey. We started going to Lightning games, Mm -hmm. and she very quickly is, I mean, she is probably one of the biggest Lightning fans now, and she's also a huge fan of yours as well, but she has become that fan that, man, she will rank on the refs like it's nothing How are you as a fan and how do you like the ref? How do you treat the ref?
1: Listen, listen, the refs, I, I love you guys, the job that you do, but they come through our tunnel where I come out to sing and I respect them. I do, but I tend to not be a hypocrite. So the staff will clap for them as they're coming out of the tunnel and going onto the ice. I don't do that. I don't clap for them. Not that I don't love them, but I know that I... Five minutes later into the game, I'm going to be screaming, ref, you suck. So there is no way that I'm going to clap for someone and then turn around and say, ref, you suck. So I try not to be a hypocrite. (laughs) <laughs> but I love I love the refs. I love some of the guys, they've been there. I've seen them come in and ref as long as I've been there. You know, some some of those guys have been there for 10, 12 years. So I see them all the time, but yeah, I tend to not be a hypocrite. So I just wave.
0: <laughs> do they know you? Do you know them?
1: Some of them do. Not not all of them. Some of them are transient. So you see like a few new ones here and there or some that'll come from another area and come and help the mainstays. Some of the the guys that have been there for a long time, they they wave to me. They know who I am.
0: Do you stay and watch all of the games?
1: Yes. So, what we do is my, I guess you would say, quote unquote job in the building is to ambassador hockey and just be myself. My handlers there, they love the fact that I stay, but I go upstairs and I go to all the different levels and I do meet and greets with people. But also, I just engage people in the hallways, you know, speak, say hi, take photos, all of that stuff. The only thing that I try not to do is to dip into the bowl very often cuz when you go inside that bowl the problem with me happens is that someone way up there will see me or someone you know in the stands will see me and people will start coming out of the stands to come down to take photos and then the ushers get mad so i don't want i don't want to anger the ushers not that they're bad people but they have a game to kind of control and if the whistle has not been blown then people up and out of their seats is not a good thing it's just like with thunderbug thunderbug tries not to come inside unless it's necessary but in the hallways is free game and i get to see everybody like from little bitty kids to to older folks and it's a blessing because the little ones are amazed because they get to see the lady with blue lips that was just on the jumbotron you know and then the older folks are like most of them think that it's good to that i've been there for so long and that i'm still going strong and they all remember my battle with covid and they tell me how they have prayed for me and all of that stuff so it's wonderful just to to engage the fans
0: I actually interviewed Christoph recently, Mm -hmm. uh, the organist for the Lightning. So you said before that you run through the anthem. Do you two run through it together before every game?
1: Well, Christoph is in the crow's nest. When we do our run through, he's up at the organ, and we do a run through. So the good thing about Christoph, and and I'll just do a segue here is he is so he has a I'll call it a a different sense of music a different sense of what's going on so there's times when I'm not my best I have a cold I have some congestion and he will suggest that I do it a half step lower or even a whole step lower sometimes I have to start really low because with the anthem the start note and the end note are the same but you got to do all this high stuff in the middle so if your voice isn't at its best then it's best to start low so that you can. And reach that high note with no problem, and Christoph innately just he senses that when I start singing, and he'll message down, or they have headsets with my handler, and she will say, Christoph said would you like to go a half step lower? And he's just so aware of everything that's going on. And he's so aware of me as a singer. I've sang with this man for 10 years, and he knows me like a book. He knows when I sound a little congested, and he makes those suggestions, and it always works. And then there's times even where, and I'll share my secret, there are a couple of times when I was sick. (laughs) And I will say, not sick as in spreading my germs, but the residual of being sick. So like congestion here and could not do the high notes. So what I do, what we do, our kind of like patch for that, is we let the audience sing. So every time I have those situations, I'll let them know audience is going to sing today a little bit. And they don't have any problem with that. They work with me so well. But Christoph is just like, he plays to my singing, which is what I love about him. He's not one of those piano players or organists that has to do it their way. He follows me as I sing. And I love that. It makes the the anthem even more meaningful because I get to put those inflections in where, where it belongs. It comes out, how I feel it. I like to tell people the anthem isn't about how it sounds. The anthem is about how you feel after I've performed it, because I want to always emote what I feel to you. The anthem means so much to me, and I want other people to feel what I feel.
0: And the crowds go
1: crazy
0: (laughs) when you finish the anthem.
1: They do. They do.
0: Every time.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, at the beginning, when they announced my name and the crowd does the the yell or whatever I don't always hear that I'm a little bit focused at that point so I don't hear all that even though you see me smile and wave I am so on that anthem at that point my brain is there um I don't hear all of that but at the end I do and it's so cool to hear that
0: Sonia thank you for your service thank you for our nation for the bolts our guest today has been Sonia Bryson Kirksey the national anthem singer for the bolts and others (laughs) and this is how we see it Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.